Hark the bardic paladin Who sings and plays again He tells the tales of glory And weaves a magic story He'll join you at your table And ask you to share a fable Heroes of humble origin Villains who must be fought again No matter their skill or prowess The people in life are countless so we pray you heed our request. Enjoy this tale of sidekicks and sidequests. Episode 34 The Pantheon of Halflings. Welcome to Sidekicks and Sidequests, the Dungeons and Dragons podcast that helps to put humans back into humanity and breathe life into your campaign NPCs with backstory and bravado. That's right, we're building a world, one character at a time. I am your host, Kurt Krenwelge, the Bardic Paladin, and welcome to the Levitating Platter. <laughs> and welcome to another in-between week episode of sidekicks and side quests at this point in time in my recording history i think this is going to be the last one for a while just because i have a multitude a mountain of backlog episodes that i need to get through and since i have my baby boy on the way i want to make sure that i've done my homework to make sure i have less stress to deal with so that i can focus all of my attention on my family when that time comes in the future and hopefully as time goes on as everyone in the community of the podcast is interested perhaps in more of my homebrew lore notes then Perhaps that's a great avenue for me to share future notes and stories, etc. on our subreddit. So if you're not already plugged into our subreddit, now is a good time to get involved. We've gone through quite a number of pantheons on this show, and I think the last one that really I want to make sure I touch upon is the Halfling Pantheon. And I've feel like I've come up with a really good unique story and if I have time with this I'm also going to share the story of a particular hero from the halfling race in my homebrew setting and who makes up the pantheon of the halflings you ask well there's four of them there's Talus, Gabra, Valo, and Elvisa. Without further ado let's go ahead and dive into the pantheon of halflings. It is said that halflings are made manifest from the mirth of the Satur. They are a quiet, hospitable, caring, courteous, curious, and cheerful lot. While the human gods originally called the Garden of Serenity their home, the halfling pantheon helped to fill in a few more pieces of the puzzle. From halfling history, the Garden of Serenity was meant to be a template of the Cantu Vita, the material plane in which all of the creations of the begotten were meant to live together. It was the human god's responsibility to be caretakers of the garden, while the halfling gods were meant to be partakers of the garden. An old halfling proverb harkens back to this notion, don't labor for fruits which you cannot enjoy. Some of the other begotten might have been confused by their halfling brethren's attitude, but the wisdom of the Sator prevailed, as the halfling deities were able to act as impartial judges for the quality of the creation that the other begotten labored to make. 
Of course, this doesn't mean that the halfling deities did not work at all. On the contrary, they were heavily invested in bringing out the best qualities of life. Because, to a halfling, the reason for living is made manifest in the song and dance of praise to the Conticum and the Satur. The halfling gods introduced the theme when all of the works of the begotten pleased the Satur and brought forth Contuvita for all of their creation to live and thrive. When the Caesar occurred and Falk's and Kaya's actions betrayed and tainted the Garden of Serenity, the Satur saw the sadness of the halfling gods, who delighted in his garden and helped to ensure that Contuvita was hospitable for all. So before the Satur removed the Garden of Serenity from existence, he imparted a piece of serenity to each of the four halfling gods that they might continue on with their mission to form communities that echoed the joys of paradise. This is the reason why none of the halfling gods ever were corrupted by darkness and chaos. And when you find a halfling community in Contuvita, though it is imperfect because of the Caesara, many swear that the air is perfumed with faint music, the flowers bloom more brightly, and the very stones and trees dance in delight and merriment. Talus, god of luck, travel, and fortune. His alignment is chaotic good. His titles are the gentle wayfarer, the prosperous lord, his symbol is a hooded traveling cloak and walking stick. He is the husband of Gabra, the brother of Elvisa, and friend of Eucleo. Talus is the father of the halflings. They say he and his sister Elvisa were born from the wind that rustled in the trees of the Garden of Serenity. While Elvisa was content to stay put in their home, Talus took to strolling and wandering the rows of crops, groves of trees, and many intricate trails that meander throughout the garden. Always an eternal optimist, Talus, from an early age, found himself to be quite lucky, as he always seemed to pick the most interesting and fulfilling paths on his journeys. Indeed, the Satur saw the abilities that Talus shared and would often ask Talus to visit the other Kantu to see how they were doing and what he felt would be good to add to the Kantu Vita. One day, Talus encountered a peculiar sight while in the garden, in which he found a young Eucleo struggling to navigate a hedge maze. Curious, Talus stopped to watch as the young human god would run into dead ends and turned around in frustration. When Talus approached, he asked young Eucleo if he needed aid. While the young god was confident in his abilities, he did admit that some company would be welcome. And so Talus and young Eucleo wandered the maze together, speaking, talking, laughing, and joking all the while. As the paths twist and turned, the two gods seemed to journey for ages. Finally, Eucleo was astonished that with Talus, they were able to reach the center of the maze. Upon reaching the center, the Satur appeared to congratulate them both on solving the riddle of the labyrinth, that the journey is made easier when you share the road with a friend. The Satur then awarded Eucleo with a golden compass, which would help lead him to wherever he wished to go, and Talus with an evergreen cloak and walking stick that would keep him warm and allow him to travel for much longer before needing to rest. Eucleo and Talus then became the best of friends, as they would wander the garden together, with Talus enjoying its splendor and Eucleo making notes and sketches. When Eucleo became older and was tasked with traveling through Harmony, Talus volunteered to join him as a traveling companion. Indeed, the knowledge and luck of Talus was able to help save Eucleo time and energy in mapping the cosmos. Using his luck and risking much, 
Tullus brought about great fortune in his adventures, which many halflings who call upon him hope for in their quests. It is said that when they returned to the Garden of Serenity, that Tullus's cloak and staff guided him to the home of Gabra. The two halfling gods fell in love and were wed. Inspired by his travels and seeing the various creations of the worlds, he and his wife Gabra would go on to make the halfling race, which is the only mortal race to have existed in the Garden of Serenity. When the Caesarea occurred, he helped to guide the other halfling gods and their creation to safety to avoid the conflict. The Sator then appeared and gifted the pieces of serenity to them, and the home they once knew disappeared. Soon, Talus led the halfling race to Contuvita, and the halfling gods helped them establish new homes in the mortal world, given boons through their pieces of serenity. Talus is responsible for the air of luck and the high spirits of travel and adventure that propel halflings forward in life. Halflings consider it a sign of good luck from Talus to feel a gust of wind prior to the start of an adventure, or if a piece of fresh fruit or nut falls on your head while walking under a tree. Merchants, carters, and porters rely on the blessings of Talus for safe delivery and the greatest payout of their goods. Gabra, goddess of hospitality, love, and cheer. Her alignment is lawful good. Her titles are Mother of the Hearthfire, Maiden of Mirth. Her symbol is a hearth or fireplace. She is the wife of Talus, the sister of Valo, friend of Marsa. Gabra is the mother of halflings. She and her brother Valo were said to have been born from the rains that first watered the fields of the garden. Gabra saw the rich soil beneath their feet and sought to dig and make a natural burrow out of the earth to live in. Day after day, she took meticulous care of the home she built for herself and her brother Valo. While Valo was more interested in staying outside with the animals and plants, Gabra found delight in making the perfect home. She would often visit the goddesses Marsa, Kaya, Opsia, Axia, and Elvisa, and invite them into her well-crafted home for tea and parties. And it wasn't just strictly these goddesses she would invite. Her home was open to all of the gods of harmony. Every single god and goddess had the pleasure of being served by Gabra before the Caesarea with delectable sweets, hearty meals, and good company. That is, except Tallis. Not because of any feelings of ill will, he just simply was content to never let his feet rest and stay put in one spot for too long. This not only confounded Gabra, but drove her to elaborate attempts to invite him to tea or dinner, and her invitations were often unanswered simply because Tallis had wandered off and was seemingly lost. Gabra found a deep affinity and friendship with Marsa, who would bring her many decorations to help beautify her home. When Talus and Euclio went on their journey to explore Harmony, she confessed to Marsa, to Elvisa, and to the Sator of her great love that she harbored in her heart for Talus. Her prayer was seemingly answered when the feet of Talus soon led him to Gabra's door. A warm hearth, a finely cooked meal, and the outpouring of love and generosity overwhelmed Talus, and he decided, perhaps, he could take a break from wandering and be married. Inspired by his travels and seeing how the various creations of the world were, Talus and Gabra would go on to make the halfling race, which is the only mortal race to have existed in the Garden of Serenity. Elvisa served as a midwife to aid Gabra in the birthing process. When the Caesar occurred, she helped to guide their creation to safety to avoid the conflict. The Sator then appeared and gifted the pieces of serenity to each of the halfling gods, and the home they once knew 
disappeared. Soon, Talus led the halfling race to Contuvita, and the halfling gods together helped build and establish new homes in the mortal world, given boons through their pieces of serenity. Gabra is invoked to bless halfling homes, marriages, and friendships. She inspires halflings to make welcoming habitats in the hills and mounds of earth. Gabra dictates the polite etiquette of halflings for opening their homes to travelers and taking care of their needs. After all, it's how she met her husband, Talus. Halflings also look to Gabra for having good aesthetics inside their home and in their fashion choices. She encourages grand speeches and frequent causes of celebration. It's considered a sacred tradition set forth by Gabra when a newly married halfling couple makes their new home for their parents to give them a pair of walking sticks and a bundle of firewood, the bridegroom's parents in homage to Talus and Gabra, and a packet of seeds and candles, the bride's parents in homage to Valo and Ovisa. Friends and extended family are then encouraged to help load up their pantries with food. Gabra is the ideal matron, encouraging a happy home with many happy children. Valo, god of agriculture and harvest. His alignment is neutral good. His titles are the happy plowman, the humble green thumb. His symbol would be the coat of arms for the German town of Neuler, with the exception that there is a honeybee that appears above the plowshare. Valo is the husband of Elvisa, and he is the brother of Gabra. Gabra and Valo were said to have been born from the rains that first watered the fields of the Garden of Serenity. While his sister Gabra took great care and interest in making a home in the earth, Valo was happy to just be in the garden, surrounded by many wonderful animals and plants. Valo watched as Amethon and Falks worked to care for the mother tree and the garden as a whole. Valo was inspired by their work and soon found joy in caring for the garden in his own small way. He befriended the beasts who worked the plows, he made merry with the bees who pollinated the flowers and made honey, and he cared for the trees that shaded his and his sister's home. While Talus wandered harmony, reporting to the Sator of what he liked and thought was good, the Sator would ask Valo how he felt the natural land and the animals worked together to bring about life and sustain creation. It wasn't too long before Elvisa began to quote-unquote bother Valo while he toiled and labored, as she often asked him questions about the uses and properties of various plants and animals. Elvisa would listen, take notes, and compiled great collections of knowledge from Valo's practical experience with the flora and fauna of Harmony. Unprompted one day, as she was leaving a tea party hosted by his sister Gabra, Elvisa walked into Valo's small garden and began to use magic to blend some plants together to experiment and see what would happen. Valo, looking up from his plow, rushed over to stop Elvisa from ruining his garden. He stopped and was amazed at the beautiful new flowers she had made. Elvisa then picked up one of these new flowers and blew on it, and soon the outside of the hill of their home was covered in an array of beautiful flowers. Elvisa smiled and thanked Valo for all of the knowledge he had shared about all of the various animals and plants of creation. Because of his patience through her persistence, she was able to grow in her abilities of magic and creation. Soon after this, Valo and Elvisa formed a courtship which blossomed into marriage. The pair found joy in complementing their skills and abilities to aid the other. When the Caesarea occurred, he helped to guide their creation to safety to avoid the conflict. The Sator then appeared and gifted him and the other halfling gods pieces of serenity to help them, and soon the home they once knew disappeared. 
Talus led the halfling race to Contuvita, and all the halfling gods then aided in creating and establishing new homes in this mortal world, given boons through their pieces of serenity. Volo teaches halflings how to cultivate the fields and how to grow large and vibrant gardens through cooperation and careful study of the land. Devotees of Valo prefer to live and work outside the home, but are never far from a safe and warm burrow. Valo shows the value of hard work in growing the finest ingredients for meals, ales, beers, and pipe tobacco. Prayers to Valo help prevent famine and loss of crops to disease, pests, and weather. Valo stresses living a communal or agrarian life with the livestock for he sees it more preferential and doesn't like seeing animals barred and only treated as property, so as to respect the lives of animals to get the best meat, cheese, eggs, etc. Elvisa, goddess of health, arcana, and knowledge. Her alignment is neutral good. Her titles are the great librarian, the candle maker. Her symbol is a lit blue candle with runes. She is the wife of Valo, and she is the sister of Talus. They say that Elvisa and her brother Talus were born from the wind that rustled in the trees of the Garden of Serenity. Talus was quick to wander and not stay put, and Elvisa built their home and quickly got to work on learning. Elvisa discovered very quickly that she was adept at magic and was able to construct, assemble, create, and shape things wonderful and fantastic. She was quick to begin documenting and cataloging all of the creations of the Begotten and created her first pocket dimension, which would become her great library. This space is a repository of all the knowledge in all of Harmony outside of the Sator himself. She would pester her brother Talus to tell her stories of his journeys. She would record dialogues and conversations of the gods at the parties of Gabra, but her favorite place to gather information was from Valo. One of the first things she learned from Valo was how to make candles. She was able to use her knowledge to bring about the practice of inscribing runes and spells onto candles to store and release. Her most prized candles keep the great library perpetually lit to afford perfect reading conditions in any spot within the great library. Unprompted one day, as she was leaving a tea party hosted by Gabra, Elvisa walked into Valo's small garden and began to use magic to blend some plants together to experiment and see what would happen. Elvisa wanted to get Valo's attention and confess her true feelings. Valo stopped what he was doing, rushing over to stop the would-be mischief. However, Valo was amazed at all of the beautiful new flowers that Elvisa had made. Elvisa picked up a new flower, blew on it, and soon the entirety of his and Gabra's home was covered in an array of beautiful flowers. Elvisa smiled and thanked Valo for all of the knowledge that he had shared with her about all the animals and plants of creation. Because of his patience through her persistence, she was able to grow in her abilities of magic and creation, and at this meeting was able to confess her true feelings of love. Soon after this, Valo and Elvisa formed a courtship which then blossomed into marriage. Pair found joy in complementing their skills and abilities to aid the other. When her brother Talus married Gabra, and those two decided to create the halfling race, Elvisa offered her services to serve as a midwife to Gabra, calling upon the knowledge of all the other goddesses who had birthed creations. When the Caesar occurred, she helped to guide their creation to safety to avoid the conflict. The Sator then appeared and gifted her a piece of serenity as well as the other halfling gods, and then the home they once knew disappeared. 
Soon Talus led the halfling race to Cantuvita, and the halfling gods all helped to establish new homes in the mortal world for their creation, given boons through their pieces of serenity. The tradition of candle making is very contemplative and rewarding among halflings, thanks to Elvisa. Knowledge and education are highly favored thanks to the wealth of books in her great library, which is why every halfling home has a library overflowing with books. Midwives look to Elvisa to help deliver healthy babies, since Elvisa was there to help Gabra when she birthed the halfling race. Elvisa was also instrumental in working with Valo to help develop and cultivate the best crops and breeds of animals. She works alongside her husband to acquire ingredients to help make medicines and potions to heal the bodies, minds, and spirits of halflings and to pass on this knowledge practitioners of arcana among halflings look to her for guidance on how to be responsible shapers of the world so there you go that's all my lore behind the gods of the halflings themselves but now i wanted to share a particular story about a town that exists in the shepherd hills same area that alchester exists where a levitating platter resides and of a particular hero and site that exists, Bromsgrove, a town full of artists and musicians and bards. This is a town that hosts a month-long arts and music festival to celebrate the halfling bard Brom Harpweaver. Brom was a heroic bard who defended Ayrshire from orcish forces during the Caesara with an army of halfling, dwarves, and humans. It's said that he possessed an artifact instrument of Valo called the Harp of Bounty, which was said to be able to embolden crops, animals, and creatures with vitality and fortitude and grant any desire of Valo. When Brahm was gravely wounded by the orc chief and captured, wrapped in magic chains of binding, Brahm feared that the musical device of his god would be made to strengthen the leagues of orcs that meant to destroy his home. As the orc chief made to grab the instrument from Brom with one final strum of the harp, a powerful wish spell emanated from the harp, breaking the strings and the chains that held Brom. And suddenly, 20 warriors were rejuvenated to full fighting strength and prowess. The broken harp and broken body of Brom Harpweaver slumped over, but this move was enough to turn the tide of battle and snatch a victory for the forces of good. To commemorate the site of this final sacrifice, Brom Harpweaver was laid to rest, beneath the hillside of the battle, buried with a broken heart. Surrounding the hillside burial site was a majestic grove of precisely 20 rowan trees, in commemoration of each of the 20 souls he restored back from the brink of death to win the victory. These trees seemed to have an aura of divinity surrounding them, allowing them to endure the seasons and the wear of time. The town of Brahms Grove was built in his honor for turning the tide of battle, with a large statue of Brahm in the center of the town square. It's said, a selfless warrior who has need of Volo can summon the Harp of Bounty in time of dire circumstances. So yeah, if you can't tell from that story, if you listen to the words of the traditional Irish song, The Minstrel Boy, it's kind of where Brom Harpweaver comes from. But this little uh, halfling bard who was courageous and inspirational in battle and now has an entire town of art that surrounds him. Anyway, yeah, so that's what I've got. And I was so happy to be able to fully flesh out the stories of each of the halfling gods, and I hope that these notes will inspire you and your games. So if you're looking for a little bit of a different take on the halfling deities of your character backstory or of your game, then by all means, feel free to adapt them and mold them for your world. I just ask that you give me a 
shout out or a nod on our social media and just let us know how it's going. So I certainly thank you all for listening. I pray that even though I'm not going to be releasing in between week content, there are a lot of great guests that we have upcoming on the show. Again, people who have played D&D for a long time and people who have never actually ever played a game before. But my hope is that this podcast will inspire people and show people that you don't have to be an expert to make a great character and you don't have to be someone of great power pleasure honor or wealth to be an amazing and wonderful person in the world so before i ramble on too much longer i just want to say thank you god bless that's it all right (laughs) bye thank you for listening to this episode of sidekicks and side quests be sure to subscribe to the podcast through apple podcast google play and overcast or feel free to save the rss feed to use the app of your choice visit our website https colon forward slash forward slash sidekicks and sidequests.com for links, write-ups of the NPCs, and to learn more about the podcast. To stay up to date and share your fan creations, you can like and follow the podcast on social media by searching for at Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. The podcast is also on Reddit, so join our subreddit community at r slash podcast to share your art, stories, discussions, and commentary. If you'd like to hail the bard, send an email to sidekicksandsidequests, all one word, at gmail.com. I ask that you please leave an honest review on iTunes to help spread the word about the show. Sidekicks and Sidequests is unofficial fan content permitted under the fan content policy, meaning I'm not approved or endorsed by wizards. Portions of the materials used are property of Wizards of the Coast. Copyright Wizards of the Coast, LLC. Thank you for your support, and I'll see you at the pub next time. Bar to rock on one, two, one, two, three, four!